Welcome back to New Rockstars. I'm Eric Voss, and The Mandalorian Season 2 just gave us its first official look ahead of its premiere on October 30th with the child, Baby Yoda, just a bit taller, and Mando, Din Djarin, just a bit closer to feeding him to a bantha. No joke, we are headed back to Tatooine according to these images, which means Tusken Raiders, Boba Fett, and some plot hints that Mando might actually betray our beloved Stormtrooper target. This is Rogue Theory, the podcast that brings you the wildest nerdy hot takes on the topics you can't stop arguing about. I'm Eric Voss, again, <laughs> I have to say my name as many times as possible, and uh, with me today to pitch Rogue Theories are the upstate uncle himself, I, I should actually say Western New York wizard, Tommy mm. Bechtold. Hello everyone, great to be here. I'm going to see New Mutants tonight, so if you never see me again, uh, it was that good. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll assume that's what it was, not the uh, Bills Mafia finally collecting its debts, right? <laughs> that's right. Not the chickens coming home to roost and death by Bills Mafia. <laughs> death by pile driver or power box through, through a flaming table. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I've seen those videos. I, that's why I made sure to say Western New York because, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be another folding table. <laughs> We don't want to do that to you, Eric. We like you. <laughs> oh. Well, speaking of Eric's we like, also joining us today is our friend, comedian Eric Owusu. Welcome back, hey, friend. Hey, it's me, the big O. <laughs> Glad to be back, guys. Yes. <laughs> and uh, rounding out the panel, uh, writer, journalist, cosplayer, and another returning guest to Rogue Theory, Laura Syracle. Welcome back. Hey, guys. Like, I'm so excited to be here. And, like, I get to hang out with Uncle Tommy and the big O. I just hung yeah. out with B.O. last night, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's dive into this Mandalorian Season 2 news. We are getting new looks at Baby Yoda and Mando. Joining the cast, as we know, will be Rosario Dawson as a live-action Ahsoka Tano, as well as Bo-Katan and Boba Fett, a somewhat older Grief Karga, uh, Cara Dune, and Timothy Oliphant and Michael Bean in new roles. But most cryptically, Din Djarin actor Pedro Pascal said that the obstacles ahead will challenge Mando's paternal loyalty to Baby Yoda. He said, quote, we start very directly after the first season and he's going into very dangerous territory. He is very much a passenger to the experience in unexpected ways, not knowing what's to come, not knowing how much or how best to protect the child. We don't know how far he will go to do that. And they're finding new ways to push the envelope. Hmm, perhaps some dark news for the relationship between these two that we always assumed was true, true love. But I want to know from you guys, assuming this to be a potential wedge between the characters, what do you think could force Mando to betray the child, Baby Yoda? Tommy, why don't you go first? Sure, sure. Well, I think uh, as they become more of a family, the only thing that's going to be able to drive them apart would be family, another type of family. And what I'm talking specifically is uh, uh, basically a hostage or a ransom situation. I believe that the introduction of the character of Boba Fett into this specific Star Wars property is going to be as a ransomer who has none other than uh, the Mandalorian's parents trapped in carbonite. You know, what's a bounty hunter without some carbonite trophies? And uh, so I think that the, the way that, uh, that, that the Mandalorian would be uh, forced to make a tough decision it would be, you know, to give up this, this creature that he's formed a paternal bond with uh, in order to get his parents back. Because from the flashbacks, we can see that losing his parents was traumatic for him as a boy and, 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 and integral and 
him becoming the man that he is now, the Mandalorian that he is now. So I, I think we're going to see the thing, the thing that could, uh, that could possibly cause him to uh, kind of betray the, the child would be the opportunity to be reunited with his own parents and thus becoming the child himself. Oh, I do love oh. that idea. This idea of like choosing between the family you were born into and the family you chose, right? Like, it's like that's everyone such a in LA. Conflict. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Every Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to call my parents. I have this person I met in my 301 improv class. That's my probably... acting teacher is my father. <laughs> uh, join us at the pack. We're yeah. building something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, look, but I do love that. So, I mean, Clearly, they're going back to Tatooine, and there was that moment in episode five in the first season where there was that character who picked up the bounty hunter at the end, and it sounded like it could have been Boba Fett there. We heard some spurs. We heard yeah. some beeping. Sounded yeah. like Boba Fett. So right. it'd be very interesting if he has certain people, like his parents, that he would want to make a trade for, because like if Boba Fett wants a child, Boba Fett's going to get the child one yeah. way or another, because right. he's Boba Fett. That's what he did. Yeah. Uh, Tommy... I'm going to hand it to a Star Wars celeb guest to hand out your points. Um, The Last Jedi era Chewbacca. Wow. Uh, He saw some things with um, John Boyega during that movie, but he's not going to be talking about that. You freaking silence sheep. (laughs) Instead, you're going. (laughs) He's just going to give you some points. Uh, He gave you two rogies for that one. Oh, my God. And those rogies became... Much like last week, two glorious sweet potatoes wrapped in plastic. <laughs> you if, actually do have more than one of those. And if you microwave them for six minutes each, they will become cooked sweet potatoes. Uh, supposedly safe to microwave in the plastic. Uh, can confirm I did eat the one from last week, and I'm still here. So uh, if it is a poisoning, it's a slow poisoning. All right. Uh, Eric Wusu, I want to hear from you what you think will be the thing that betrays Mando against Baby Yoda. Yeah, well, season two of The Mandalorian is supposed to come out October 30th, Halloween weekend. Yeah, baby. We probably won't be able to go out, even if we have Mandalorian masks, uh, you know, probably (laughs) because of this pandemic. But we will have The Mandalorian season two on Disney Plus. So I'm super excited for it. And I think the thing that will drive a wedge between Baby Yoda and The Mandalorian is the fact that Baby Yoda is too powerful for his own good. So I think that in season two, uh, Ahsoka, the Jedi, will come or just kind of convey the message that Baby Yoda needs to be extinguished. The thing that the Mandalorian has been trying to avoid and keep Baby Yoda from all season and now into the season two Mm. will come to a head. So literally, Baby Yoda will be too powerful for his own good, threatening the universe, unless the Mandalorian either gives him up or offs him himself. And so even if Baby Yoda is too powerful for the universe, that means that it will also put his own family in danger. So then it'll be kind of a similar, like choosing the family you've made versus the family you were born into. Will he do what needs to be done to save, you know, people he could donate kidneys and organs to, his <laughs> blood felt brother relatives, or will he figure out a way to keep Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda alive in order to have both families. And I think that'll be the main crux of this new season of The Mandalorian coming out. Wow. Woo-woo. I think that's um, a fascinating take for what could it, like, as uh, Baby Yoda maybe being a t- like a weapon of mass destruction, because clearly there was some, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was definitely some uh biological engineering right that was suggested i mean uh uh the nick nolte character was like oh he 
I don't know if he was born on a on a gene farm or whatever, but like that's clearly what there was like a Camino patch on the guy who was analyzing him. I think this thing might have been engineered in some way, uh, and the idea that he might have been a weapon by the Empire, maybe a, a clone of Yoda or something like that. Um, now being this untrustworthy weapon, uh, and for Din Djarin to have to you know reconcile that idea of like, well, I don't want to kill this thing to me it's just a kid but to the rest of the universe seeing him as a as a great threat and i love the idea of ahsoka being the one to deliver that news because yeah she did part from the jedi order but the idea of her being like look i know what this thing was cloned from you may not know this but there was this like jedi master yoda who was the freaking most powerful guru uh of the jedi order that i knew you do not want another one of these things getting the wrong hands for sure uh a fascinating theory let's see what chewbacca and a porg think (laughs) <laughs> three three points three points wow. Wow. wow that's awesome thanks for these points which materialized into one rubber ducky uh, you're the one. one little ninja figurine and third but not least a stormtrooper keychain figurine wow <laughs> Wow, it's amazing how these things come out on the other side. It's whatever your heart wishes is what it turns into. I've been told by crickets. All right, Laura, it's your turn. What do you think will turn Mando against Baby Yoda? So, okay. So what I feel like is um, Moss, uh, Moff Gideon, he has the Darksaber, which is yielded for Mandalorian to become the Jedi. Like who, who the first uh, Mandalorian became a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So... He is going to threaten the lives of the Mandalorian's people. So in order for him to for him to give like to save his people, he's going to have to give up baby Yoda. Like either the armory is going to be like, oh, you know, he has the lightsaber. Bo-Katan, who J.D. Saka hopefully is going to sh- show up because we find out how she loses the dark saber. So he could he could be like, I'm going to end the rest of the Mandalorians. Give me the child. So yeah, so therefore, I feel like Gideon is gonna use his people against him, and he's gonna have to decide the child or the people who took care of him. And that's my answer. Yes. I love that idea. I can imagine what a like an interesting storyboard. Like I would love to see that in an episode with just yeah. like Bo-Katan, all the other, oh the God. armorer, uh, uh, the Vizsla son that was probably played by Favreau, all of them yeah. lined up in the, the executioner pose. And then just like, you know, Gideon with the dark saber being like, I'm going to cut off one head at a time yeah. until I get that child. Like you what know, a dark, awesome idea. You know, he's a dick. So. He totally is. He totally is. <laughs> you know he's going to do it. What an exactly. interesting, like, pressure point. Yeah, I could definitely mm-hmm. see that being a wedge point for uh, Din Djarin. But what do you think, Chewbacca? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I see that as uh, three points as well. Three <gasps> points yeah. to Syracool. Oh, my God. Oh. And you guys, the points became Baby Yoda <laughs> with, with hair. Gorgeous. Oh my god, he looks like me. Hair. He's growing up so fast. I know. Wow. This is his teenage years, guys. Wow. This is, this That's is that the, hairy puberty this is, right there. This is the second, second and third season. You'll see him like this. This is puberty. Yeah. Can't wait. Matches the drapes too, guys. 
Wow. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> uh, well, let us know in the comments below what you think will be the thing that drives a wedge between Mando and Baby Yoda, or yes, Din Djarin and the child. But we're not calling them that. We're calling them Mando and Baby Yoda. Mm. Nice try, Dave Filoni. They have names, and we give them their names, not you. All right. Uh, <laughs> but before we move on, we want to thank some people who helped us make this episode, starting with our friends at DraftKings. It's time to celebrate because football is back, and DraftKings the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons why you should be excited. To kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at $1 million in their top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs in this Thursday's football contest. Getting in on Thursday night's single game showdown is easy. All you got to do is download DraftKings using the promo code Rogue. Draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Head to the app now to start making it rain. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code Rogue will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game like having a shot at a million dollar payday. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code ROGUE, R-O-G-U-E, for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code ROGUE to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize of the first deposit. That's code ROGUE, only at DraftKings. Make it rain! Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We also want to thank our friends at Lumen Skin for helping sponsor this episode. There are lots of reasons we neglect our skin, like we're busy, or we're lazy, or maybe we don't know what to do besides splash water on our face and hope for the best, or maybe burn our skin with Allison Max initials. Well, the truth is, our skin has needs, and if you want to look good for as long as possible, you need to address those needs, there's a company that's taken all the guesswork out of it for you, Lumen! Lumen is on a mission to give men the amazing skin men deserve, because we don't get enough in this society. We also need to have great skin. Through the high-quality expert-created products delivered right to your door, Lumen has you covered. Literally, because you put it over you. Covered? Did I ruin it? Did I over-explain it? Probably. But you can never over-explain how great this product is. All of their products are formulated for men's skin using top-notch ingredients like charcoal, like green tea extract, like vitamin C. It, it's not just something that's gonna walk you down that graduation aisle. Vitamin C is a, a real thing that is a vitamin that helps your skin, it turns out, uh, and is in oranges and also Lumen Cream. Lumen makes it easy to find the right skin management system for you. Choose from different skin concerns to address or just pick up a simple starter pack for free. They hooked me up with a starter pack and it's been great. This is moisturizing balm. I put it on every night and it's now, I the, the scent of it is so soothing. It's so great to wake up and feel like um, that sleep demon that normally screams in your ear horrible things is actually just giving your skin a nice massage to make it soft and supple. You deserve to look and feel your best, and here's where you start. Go to lumenskin.com rogue to get a one-month free trial of everything you need to start your skincare journey at home. That's lumenskin.com rogue to get your first month for free. And we also want to thank our friends at Bespoke Post for sponsoring this episode. I always like getting deliveries, whether they're things I ordered online or cease and desist from my friends at Warner Brothers. <laughs> Once a month, my mailbox is even more exciting because of my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. See, Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff 
every month. And no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. I recently got the Coast Box, which came with a great summery shirt and a waterproof beach wallet. I feel like I could live right on the coast and just stare out at the sea like a lighthouse without a care in the world. And then a seagull attacks my face, and then I'm the new Batman. They also have multiple booze-themed boxes, including the island box that has the fixings to make a cool tiki cocktail, as well as a set of pineapple-shaped tumblers. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Me, when I've drunk too much and I'm drowning. Oh, no. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com to pick up the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box only costs 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Great deal. And get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code ROGUE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code ROGUE for 20% off your first box. Now, moving on, every week we play a game of Rogue Theory with our patrons on the New Rockstars Discord. This week, we had some patrons pitch theories about Selena Kyle's not-quite-Catwoman role in the upcoming Robert Pattinson Batman film. We had some real fun noir tinge theories this week from Sybil Unrest, from Drunken Shaman, but our winner was Pharaoh Jeff with his comics-inspired story of Selena Kyle using Intel acquired through her work as a Gotham sex worker to pull off her heists. Yeah, go Ooh. ahead. Go there. Go there, Batman film. Go there, Pharaoh Jeff. You go there, Pharaoh Jeff. You go, Pharaoh. You keep going. You go. Yeah. You go. Um... Uh, Vera Jeff even set up a spin-off Catwoman solo film, which I think the world is ready for now that we've all forgotten about the Halle Berry Catwoman. Okay, I've forgotten about the Anne Hathaway one. So let's cleanse that palette. I love that movie. I watch that movie once a week. <laughs> they could have had a couple more cuts in that uh, basketball scene. Halle Berry is my Catwoman. Halle Berry is my Storm. Halle Berry is my everything. You can also play Discord Rogue Theory by becoming a patron of New Rockstars and joining our Discord at patreon.com slash New Rockstars. All right, folks, let's move on to our second topic, The Boys. So yeah. we have all been enjoying the second season of The Boys. So we've been doing after shows, The Boys Underground, every Saturday. Subscribe to that podcast. We've been having a great time. But uh, we just watched its first three episodes. Episode four is coming out soon. It may already be out by the time you get to this episode. One thing that has carried over from the first season that I am obsessed with, well, besides the brutally violent deaths and evil superheroes, is the damn fly that keeps showing up. <laughs> Multiple times in this first season, and again in the second season, as we pointed out in our last episode, the camera has lingered on a buzzing fly around the faces of all the characters, uh, or just in the background. Some people are saying maybe it's a Breaking Bad reference to the famous Ryan Johnson fly episode of Breaking Bad, because there's a ton of Breaking Bad references in this show. Mm. Some people say it could be a reference to something else, or maybe Aww. to the unsanitary locations, or maybe to the character's moral complexity. But I want to know from you three, what is the deal with the damn fly on the boys? So the fly has shown up whenever... Um, it, 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 like, I noticed it only shows up whenever they are, like, it sh uh, when, like, Star Starlight was telling the line, telling admitting, like, what's going on. And then okay. when um, uh, Butcher was, like, telling the truth, like, telling the guys, like, you guys are my Spice Girls. And so, and, and also around Huey. So I feel like it's a superpower that we haven't seen from Stan Edgar. Because you know how everyone's afraid of him? Like, he's, yeah. he's the new boss of, of Vought. Mm. Um, even Homelander is like, I don't want to mess with this guy. 
So I feel like this guy has control over like over like not like he's able to control things. Like maybe it might be I don't know if the fly is electronic or the fly is like an actual he could control different atmospheres. But I feel like he has powers because how the heck he uh, how the heck does he know everything? He knew about like he knew about like just everything about like each um like the each superhero and like the death of all of them. So I'm kind of like okay. This guy has to have powers. He has to be a reason why Homelander is scared of him. Because Homelander, like, they can e- anyone can easily kill him, but they have it. So what's up with this guy? So I feel yeah. like he has control on surveillance over, like, different things. And I think the fly has to do with it. And I think, and then, yeah, I think he knows about Billy, uh, about Butcher, and he knows about the whole gang. And I feel like he's, he, he's, he's monitoring everything. And he is, like, the main villain of the season. So it sounds like you're saying Stan Edgar is Rita Skeeter from the Harry Potter series, who can, who's an anime guest who can turn into a beetle and spy on people. Or maybe he isn't a shapeshifter himself, but has like a yeah. little electronic drone. I and just, at some point, someone swats it and he's like, oh. It's just, you notice he's always there whenever they're talking, like plotting something. Oh, he knows. That so guy he, knows. He's got he, an inside scoop for sure. Because, like, Homelander's a dick. So he could, like, yeah. he could easily kill anyone. So why yeah. hasn't he gotten why that guy? Good? That's a good point. Very good point. I like your theory, but Chewbacca, what do you think? Even though this isn't a Star Wars topic, you have an opinion. Of course you do. He says you get a two points for that <gasps> one. Wow. And I think it that converts to, what? Is this a, a mask and a cape? Are you uh, telling me I could be a superhero? Yes. Well, you too. Just suits. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, boy. <laughs> this is a true episode of The Boys. Uh, all right, Owusu, what do you think's going on with this fly? So this gosh darn fly that's buzzing <laughs> around everywhere. Oh, sorry. I think it was in my room. Uh, it's always nearby. And so I think that it is a Beast Boy type compound V superhero who is ship- shape-shifting and monitoring everything uh, for Vot Industries. Uh, I, think oh, it's, okay. I think it's a character. And much like, you know, the things that people... Uh, you know, have all these predictions for or whatever, but that the writers have never really established. I think they just kind of put it in there to, you know, mess with people like us that look too deeply into <laughs> every piece of content we can uh, to, you know, come up with hypotheses as to what this fly is or who they are or who's being con- who's controlling them. Uh, so just as like a little red herring thing, and then I honestly think they look at all the comments and the YouTube videos and everyone's theories about them, and they're like. This one looks good. Let's make it that and say like <laughs> this person was right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Awusu, you have confirmed the theory that many people have been speculating in all of our comments. Like they must be going through the comments of our videos. Ah, yes, what a nice compliment. You know, flattery is the way to my heart. That our theories <laughs> would get used by these writers. Oh, I hope so. Well, they hey, look, just, conspiracy yeah. theories. You know, they they're all crazy. But if one of them is right, one. all of them are viable. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That is right. Uh, and Chewbacca, who is a known conspiracy theorist, he's a big <laughs> proponent of chemtrails. What do you say? <laughs> he says Epstein didn't kill himself, and you get two points. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you for those two points, Chewbacca. I appreciate this brand new iPhone you bought me. Oh, Whoa, goodness. Wow. My goodness, look at that. Copyright Take this infra- back. Take right. that. <laughs> no, you take that mask and cape and you enjoy it. And also this referee whistle you got me. Thank you for thank you for these points. This is fantastic. <laughs> wow, so nice. 
I mean, the iPhone is a bit nicer than Whistle, but <laughs> both useful. Hey, this Whistle was blown when LeBron James came back from a 3-1 deficit against the Warriors. So you, <laughs> wow. you pay some respect to this goddamn Whistle. Wow. <laughs> Want to trade? those are non-transferable rogies Uh, all right uncle thomas what do you think well for me the answer always leads back to boba fett no i'm just kidding (laughs) uh, i think you know if you watch the boys underground the smash hit new rock stars boys after show airing every saturday in your hearts and every day of the week in your minds uh I think that we talked about this. I believe that this is none other than graphic novel uh, character and fan favorite Swato. Swato, oh, okay. <laughs> the man fly uh, who buzzes around. But this is like a Swato Ant-Man, which I believe is your exact words, uh, hybrid that has the ability to get real small and get real big. Uh, but in this case, it's staying really small to do, much like uh, we have been talking about in previous theories, some spy work. This... Uh, oh, okay. And I think also some assassin work, because as you know, my theory is that uh, that Rainer was murdered by Swato. Mm. Swato flew Ooh. up into her brain, Ooh. put a little explosive device in there, and that's why her head uh, exploded like a cantaloupe. Spoilers for those of you that have not seen season two, episode one of The Boys. But uh, yeah, so I think it's Swato, Swato uh, flying around and uh, causing all sorts of mischief, hanging out at the funeral at the edible arrangement. Or they just don't clean their set. Uh, there's my other theory is that the, the people in charge of cleaning the sets on the boys are passive and not good at their job. So. Yeah. That's how coronavirus is spread. That's right. that's right. I'm pretty sure that's what Chewbacca says. He yeah. says it all It all came from a lab in Wuhan oh, and it's spread by house. Chewbacca! We gotta stop giving you a voice and a platform, I know. You have some Chewy. dangerous ideas. We trusted you. Chewy, what come did you call on. me, Chewbacca? <laughs> Chewy, I, uh, Chewbacca. Well, yeah, all this time, every time he's roared. I mean, I Solo can, has been uh, censoring like some hate out of, <laughs> out of Chewy's mouth. Chewbacca just keeps texting me uh, Q and and gifts of pizzas. Oh. Uh, I don't know what to say. Chewy, we're taking away your phone. Um, yeah. Now, uh, Tommy, I love your idea because you're basically pitching what everyone thought Ant-Man would do to Thanos. Yes. Either fly into his head or yeah. up his butt and yeah. grow large and blow him up mm-hmm. from the inside. Which I, I would love to see the boys just carry out that idea. <laughs> yes. uh, and Chewy, watch your words this time. Oh, look at my African American over here. All right, all right. I Did he feel just like say where we go, bit... one we go all? What the <laughs> hell? What the he said, hell? "I am the storm." Oh my I god! Come on. Uh, but he also gave you three points. Oh no way! <laughs> and those became uh, spaghetti squash. Which, uh, if if anyone knows how to cook this, uh, leave a comment because I have no yeah, yeah. clue what I'm doing with this. You Ooh. cut it in half. You uh-huh. put it uh, in the oven with a bit of water, and you just uh-huh. let it steam up in there, and take a fork and scrape out some yummy spaghetti. Oh, that's great. All right, well, count me in on that for later. Uh, two scoops of squash tonight will make this beefy boy satisfied. Uh, and then uh, looks like some fish oil. Turn some fish oil. Famous for the background of Tommy's past New Rockstar's yes, appearances. Yes, and the fish oil is cameoing again. And wow, uh, maybe rounding out what I call the holy trinity of oils and squashes, sesame oil. Uh, oh, unbelievable. I love some sesame oil. I, I gotta be honest, I have a, an addiction to sesame oil, clearly, uh, that uh, has h- hindered me, but also led me to much pleasure and joy. So, That's right. thank you to sesame oil. Thank you, 
to all oils everywhere. Yep. If you want to know why your homemade pad thai doesn't taste quite like pad thai, it's because you haven't put enough sesame oil in yeah. it. That's it. I'm that high. Knows. I can agree with that. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank it you. sounds like we are all tied up here, yeah. uh, every contestant with five points. So now we're going to settle this with a round of rogue questions. Is everyone ready? Yes. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Question one. You can now buy actual Klingon blood wine from Star Trek. How would you behave differently while drunk on Klingon blood wine as opposed to other alcohol? I mean, everybody knows that Klingon blood wine makes me super horny. So <laughs> I have to be really careful when I drink my blood wine because it's not appropriate now. You know, I can't get handsy in a bar and blame it on the blood wine anymore. Used to be I'd go to a wedding, two, three bottles of blood wine in. I'd be chasing bridesmaids around with my underwear on my head. Not anymore. Blood wine that was still- never okay, Tommy. That was no, that was, okay. fine. that was fine till 2019. Everybody loved it t- until then. And then all of a sudden... It became a problem, so I blame it on the blood wine. Blood, the blood, the blood wine. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's me. Okay, well, for me, I when when I drink a little bit too much blood wine, which I do because I'm a Trekkie and I mm. I love the Klingons because they know how to party. I get more angry because usually I'm 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 a happy drunk, but when I'm on that, I'm like an angry drunk. So my Klingon is like crystal clear. So it's like, I'll be like, and then I'll be like, and like, I'll be like so clear in my Klingon. So it's like, that's cheers for Klingon. May your bullet scream. So I am very, yes, I am I am very fluent when I, just so you guys know, I drank some and that's why it's so clear. This is a great uh, salutation. That's <laughs> just <some> blood wine. <laughs> All right, so for me, when I drink too much Klingon blood wine, uh, because the Klingons are such honorable uh, people, it makes me extra honorable. Uh, I cannot tell a lie like George Washington or a Klingon. Um, When I drink the wine, it also makes me a lot lot louder and a lot more gruff. You know, my voice is very high naturally, but I get all gruff like this, like a mix between the Klingon and Wolverine. Uh, Uh And it also makes me feel like a failure, like I'm not doing enough in this world. (laughs) And it's like my my innermost thoughts and Uh insecurities come out as if my parents have taken over my inner monologue. Mm -hmm. And it asks me why I haven't gotten further along in life and why I didn't marry that nice Klingon my auntie introduced me to after my college graduation. (laughs) just makes me question every decision I've ever made. So that's why I stay away from too much Klingon blood wine. I'll fight you for it. (laughs) You win. You take it. It's yours. (laughs) Careful with the blood wine. Uh, And Chewie gives Laura the point for the accurate Klingon pronunciation. Thank you. Yeah, that came out to be, oh, what's this? Whoa, this is alcohol. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. To wash down that blood wine. I know, to wash down the blood blood wine. (laughs) Now I could drink um, human stuff so I could cleanse myself. So thank you for this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to drink some (laughs) (laughs) Next question. A recent study done by io9 found that there are twice as many horror movies set during Christmas than there are set during Halloween. So why is Christmas so scary? It's a crime-based holiday, Eric. It's a crime-based <laughs> holiday, okay? First of all, a man breaks into your house, gives indiscriminate amount of presents. The rich kids get more. The poor kids get less. No consequences for that. No consequences to him. What do we do? We reward this man with baked goods, 
with dairy products, with other fun trinkets. We praise him. We sing songs in his honor. Nobody's talking about the fact that people's civil liberties are being violated, and I'm not going to stand for it. The reason how more horror movies are made during Christmas is because Christmas is a season to be feared. Christmas is a time <laughs> of year where you need to get together with your family, arm yourself to the teeth, and defend your ground. <laughs> That's what the Second Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why there's horror movies is because it's finally you're being judged for your monitoring. Mm. So it's Judgment Day. So it judgment, is like the end of the world. Yeah. yeah. So it's Judgment it's Day. Have you been naughty or have you been nice all year? Christmas is so scary and there's so many wonderful Krampus horror movies around Christmas. That's it. Uh, because the horror things aren't supposed to happen at Christmas. Like Halloween movies and Hollywood Halloween slashers make sense. It's like you know everyone's in costume anyway. So yeah, uh, disembowelings abound. But with Christmas, it's supposed to be a joyous time. So when scary stuff happens, then it's extra frightening. And everyone's already anxious and on edge anyway because they don't want to get the wrong gift or stand in line all day or they're still reeling from their Black Friday tramplings to get the perfect Christmas gift. So they, everyone's on edge and anxious and, you know, it's fine tingling goosebumps. Might as well have some, you know, in addition to the surprise gifts, surprise Christmas engagements, some surprise, you know, gut ripping outs for uh, yeah. Halloween Christmas movies or slasher Christmas movies. Oh, uh, I believe all three of you made equally good points. Wow. Very good takes from all three of you. So we're going to move on to our third question. Video <laughs> came out this week from the set of Mission Impossible 7 of Tom Cruise mm. riding a motorcycle off a mountain and parachuting to safety. Who knows where that motorcycle landed? Probably on some poor Sherpa. What stunt will finally give Tom Cruise the epic death he clearly craves? So I really like this one. Uh, the thing that's going to kill Tom Cruise on set during one of these epic stunts is him tripping over his shoelace in between takes. Um, <laughs> the thing that Tom Cruise does that kind of mystifies all of us is his insistence on like practical effects yeah. like that he's mm. like i'm gonna actually be on the side of this airplane while it's taking off it's like we could do this on a soundstage tom he's like no no no, 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 no. <laughs> nope. so to me that's gonna have to be the element of like a live animal he's gonna be like well rather mm. than cgi in the bear or the shark i'm gonna get a real shark or bear and i'm gonna use the practices of scientology to like unlock this animal's <laughs> mind and, and, and form a, a a bond with it so he'll be like this bear is my friend this bear is my brother and then they'll be like all right tom well this is the scene where it corners you and he'll think he'll be like all right shiloh let's go shiloh down boy shiloh down shiloh down down shiloh down down shiloh down 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 by then it will rip off his face but the irony is going to be it's not tom cruise it's simon Pegg wearing a tom cruise mask like of course it is so then it'll rip off his other face and it's then it's not simon Pegg. it's ving rames another face <laughs> it was original tom cruise the whole yes. time yes <laughs> yes that's a good one yeah. Now I'm going to get both of your theories and put yes. it together. Okay. And he's going to go on top of the Scientology building yes. in Hollywood. <laughs> and he's going to rocket ship um, from the Scientology building with an astronaut yeah. chimpanzee as his yes. partner to yeah. fly and meet L. Robert and Zazadu, whoever that person that he meets in. Zenu! Robert and Zazadu! <laughs> <laughs> hey! 
you guys know, you knew what it was. So you yeah. gonna fly. <laughs> she's gonna fly up there and meet meet Zenu and and do and do a, try to do a flip and try to do something in space because you know he's rich enough. He already has a ticket with that Mars thing. If the world ends, he's gonna be out there. Um. All right. I have to give points to. Uh, well, what do you think, Chewbacca? He gave points to both Tommy and Laura on that one. Uh, But I think that puts Laura on top. You are the winner of this episode of Rogue Theory. Congratulations. Thank you. And and the prize was like easy because that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. That was your wish. That was was easy button was your wish. That was my wish. I want that iPhone though, but okay. (laughs) <laughs> you would prefer the iPhone. We all would. Everyone's walking away with some great stuff. Tommy's got his uh, spaghetti squash and sweet potatoes. Uh, Woo's got an iPhone, and uh, <laughs> and Laura's our winner. Well done to all three of you. We had some great uh, theories, some uh, great laughs this episode, and some great sponsorships. Uh, but that is it for this episode. Uh, subscribe to all three of our guests. Thank you to Tommy Bechtold. Yay. Yeah, Uncle Tommy. Yes. <laughs> and Erica Wusu. Yay! Yay. And our winner, Laura Sirical. Thank Woo. you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Rogue Theory podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned to our New Rockstars YouTube channel for this and other shows. Follow us on Twitter at New Rockstars. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at EA Voss. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oh, Chewy. No, 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 no. Come on, Chewy. Oh.